Well, hi, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio on uh, March 14, 2023. Thanks so much for being with us today. Today is the day that we're having a big nor'easter here in Maine and throughout New England. And I hope my friends are safe all over the country. We're hanging in today, but it's going to be a bad one all day. Okay, so if you're in New England, stay safe. That's all I can tell you. That's what we're doing here. Okay, we got a nice show for you today. We're going to talk about creating how how great educational content is created. Okay, content that all you educators out there can really trust. And I've got Randy Economu here, who's the CEO of uh, Capstone, along with the, the vice president of publishing over there, uh, Beth Brezinoff. And but this is important. But, uh, uh, Randy's an ex-teacher. Okay, they know what they're doing with teachers. Okay, they know what kids need, and we got to talk about the how these companies put together such great content that you can feel safe, that parents can feel safe, okay, about using in the classroom. It's really good stuff, especially these days. So I'm really glad both Beth and Randy are here. It's a show we're going to archive like we always do over at ace-ed.org. And that's our home website for American Consortium for Equity and Education, where our magazine, Equity and Access, is. Please go over there. Just check on the, click on the cover. You can read the good issue. It's all about the Equity Awards winners. It's really cool. And also all the podcasts are over there, plus a ton of other information, links to our other websites. And everything we do over there is free at ace-ed.org, our home website for the Consortium for Equity and Education. And these days we are really more concerned about that than ever. Okay, so, and we also have teacherretention.com over there, by the way, which is incredibly important and increasingly more important. Teachers are under a lot of pressure these days, and these days it's also political pressure. And regardless of your political standing, okay, teachers have to feel safe and good about their job, okay, and they work hard and they deserve all of our support, as you guys all well know. Okay, so we're real concerned about that. We don't want anybody to leave the profession. Okay, we want to make sure that there's a pipeline of people coming up behind it just in case people do. Okay, so please go over to ace-ed.org, check it all out. And without further ado, let me bring on both Beth Brezinoff and Randy Economo. Hello, Randy. How are you doing today? Hello. Good morning. I am doing great. I always love to be your guest, Larry. So thank you for this opportunity. (laughs) I, I love having you here. I do, Rand. You know that. Okay, it's just great. Are you in Are you in Arizona today? I am in Arizona today. I was in Italy last week at the Bologna Book Fair, and so I'm spending wow. time in Arizona this week. Yeah. Wow. How was your trip? That's great. Whoa. Cool. Well, it was fantastic. I will tell you that I have the best gelato and pasta and pizza that anyone could ever <laughs> make. But also, <laughs> I enjoyed meeting. Uh, people in the publishing space from around the world. It was awesome. Really wow. Wow, that's got to be was, real. That, wow. Keep yeah. going. Talk about it. Go ahead for a minute, please. Oh, my goodness. It's going to make everyone want to go to Italy. I was in Bologna, and they are they have a lot of really amazing pasta, and they top it with teeny mushrooms that are a specialty of the area, along with Parmesan Reggiano. They have the most beautiful gelato and Stella tears that – put beautiful cones together. And then the pizza is probably the best I've ever had in my life. Very good. Very, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to Cooking Cooking with Randy Economo. Boy, you just like <laughs> I know. Cooking and I think and, and, and that, make that, that, 
I love it. Congratulations and welcome home. How long, how long was your trip? Before, I got to continue. Hold on, Beth. How long was your trip over there, Randy? How long we, were you there? We, I left Saturday, and I came home on a Friday, um, Friday wow. morning at like 30 in the morning. And I'll tell you, yes. I loved it. I had, you know, several meetings a day, and they all started at midnight on my time zone. And so I learned how to quickly wow. stay up all night, important meetings that taught us a lot about what we're doing and what we need to do to do more for students around the world and children around the world. So it was definitely time well spent. But not you know, all from midnight to 8 a.m. taking meetings. I had to have a lot of gelato to stay awake and cappuccino. <laughs> Obviously you did. Obviously you yep. did. Okay. And, and, you know, before Beth, hold, hang tight for just a second. Rand, you know, you just said something that struck me really interesting. Okay. Uh, you know, you meet with people from all over the world. All right. And, you know, you, you guys are Capstone's a publisher. You know, most of your business is here in North America, you know, Canada, that sort of thing. But you're international. The whole world is international these days. Okay. And just out of curiosity, as you talk to all these people from maybe Arab states, Asian states, et cetera, European states, African states, what, what did you learn? Okay. What, what, what's the, the underlying factor about it all or whatever just struck you as something that really case stood out, if I may? Right. I probably had 20 or 30 meetings from, you know, ranging, you know, people in the U.S. that are in the streaming content or looking at people exactly in the, the areas you talked about from Turkey, from Japan, from China, yeah. from, uh, you know, the Netherlands. And the bottom line is there are so many passionate people about delivering the just right content for kids mm-hmm. to make a difference in their lives. And so people are looking for books and reading that children will engage with, that children will pick up. But then when we think about what we do in the schools, you know, everything that we do, even though we're sold all over the nation and, you know, big box stores on Amazon, you know, through mm-hmm. different means, including into the schools, but we always have to have the schools in mind. And I learned that. All the countries do that. They think about the the standards, you know, what students should know and be able to do. They think about what is necessary at particular grade levels. And they also think about how to engage kids in the teaching and learning process. And so I learned that no matter what the space, what area in the world, we all share that in common. Meeting kids where they are, but also serving educators to make a huge difference. Wow. It's it's amazing. (laughs) Break down the borders there. We all have the same goal in mind with with the kids, the adults of the future. It's unbelievable. Beth, can you top that, Beth Presidents? Hi, Beth. Larry well, I here. don't know if I, I don't know if I can top it, but I can certainly add to it. I was also in Bologna with Randy, having just, just amazing an amazing time. Not just the gelato and the pasta, but the, <laughs> the Bologna Book Fair is really special because it's focused on kids. And I was struck. I was I was sitting in a meeting with a Spanish publisher. And we were looking at a picture book and kind of laughing together. And, you know, we had a bit of a language barrier, but we were able to kind of focus on the message of the book. And I was really struck by how there's all these grown-ups, you know, thousands of grown-ups in a conference building, essentially, in Italy, doing it for kids, like figuring out what to make, what books to publish, what content to create for kids. And it's really, it's really cool. You know, we're not... We're not just in it uh, to have a day job. I mean, we are, but it's, oh. it's for kids, and it's really powerful. So that was amazing. 
Beth, that was nice to say, I got to tell you. And how's the big book of vomit, though, over there? <laughs> you know what? The big book of vomit. They I mean, do. want to make kids happy, you know? <laughs> the, 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 vomiting occurs in every country of the world regardless. Okay. You're, you're I, saw, I cannot tell you. I can't tell you yes. how many fart books I saw. Books where there were just farts <laughs> everywhere. It's a it's a it's a worldwide <laughs> phenomenon. It's just, it's... <laughs> they they think there's an oil problem out there, but really it's gas. Sorry, bad joke. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's just a riot. Okay, I got I got to tell you, and you know. When when you come when you come back from that, Beth, stay with me here. When you come back from that, okay, and you look at, you know, we have kids from all over the world just here in the United States schools, yeah. Okay, and yeah. And, and when you come back and you've talked to all these people, and, and I got to ask you this: you're, you're you're the VP of publishing. Everything goes through you, okay. Every bit mm-hmm. of content as you look at it, um, how do you what do you what do you learn from that in terms of content? What content can we add? You know that 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 really makes it makes the whole thing international because the whole world these kids are going to be flying all over the place. Okay, you know what what did you, yeah. you learn? It's, it's so interesting. It's, it's really true. It's really eye opening because you know every person just has their own perspective, and so I you know I am a white woman who grew up in Minnesota um, in a in a particular family with particular friends, you know, and I can't imagine another person's life. No one can really, we can just be empathetic to each other and listen. And so if somebody tells me, Hey, you don't have an article in Pebble go on, you know, whatever, a particular celebration or or a particular um, Mm -hmm. type of food or, you know, whatever it is, all I can do is listen and say, Oh, okay, okay, great. That's like, it's, it's, it's a curiosity thing. You know, you have to be open to um, accepting curiosity. And so that's, I think that's the biggest thing. And just seeing, that that like my perspective is not right it's just my perspective a conversation randy and i were having when we walked around um the halls and at the fair at the book fair was some some books just look different and different um you know different (laughs) regions have different aesthetic taste when it comes to what a book cover looks like doesn't make it different or doesn't make it bad it's just different and so it's you know understanding that and, and kind of being aware of your own biases and your own perspective and not letting that over, you know, overarch over other people's. It's it's so interesting. And, and thank you, Beth, for that perspective. I mean, to me, it's just really cool. And my, my other question, I'll go back to Randy here. Randy, why, and I, obviously it's a book fair you guys published. That's why you were there. But what were you hoping to do? Were you there to sell to, to school districts or, or, or publishers all over the world? Maybe that was part of it. Were you there to pick up books that have been published in other places? Were you there to share ideas? What was? Why did you guys go? Again, it's Capstone, everybody, capstonepub.com. Right. Okay, we're going to talk about all that stuff in a minute. But I'm just curious, you know, as you go, as you and Beth go, besides the pasta, which sounds fabulous, by the way, okay, <laughs> and, and the gelato, okay, which is enough reason to go. You know, what do you hope to bring back? That's the best way to put it. Really? So we there so much of what you shared is what we were hoping to bring back. But this particular book fair uh, gave us an opportunity to illustrators that are very, very uh, strong, wow. artistic, and talented in what they did. So illustrators would come into our booth and show us their portfolios and talk with us. Um, we were also wow. you know, right near university. Yes. 
there, you know, because we value education, there were young and aspiring uh, authors, so young in the field of looking to be an author. So we had people that came and met with, with Beth about feedback on the work that they do because we value education, and that's just who we are at Capstone. But by and large, we were working with agents and publishers from around the world, showing them our content, and they would look at our content and talk to us about what plays really well for the children that they serve, for the cultures that, you know, are, you know, part of the teaching and learning process in their areas. And so we, you know, were uh, working on building partnerships to provide rights where people could translate the capstone books into their languages and distribute their markets. Um, But it was also an eye on learning to be the best. I mean, I'm so glad Beth can be here with you today, and I think she is absolutely the best for craft, yes. And she leads such a talented team of authors and illustrators and editors, and but we're always wanting to learn about doing better and being the best and being the best for kids because that's what we take very seriously. Right. It's so important. I know you guys, I want to, I got another question for Beth, but I want to ask you this. Okay. This is key. When you go to a place like Bologna for an international book fair. Okay. It, again, it's very diverse. There's people from all over the world. All right. And I, I want to swing back to what we do here and what you guys stand for. Okay. And, and, and that is equity. I know that's a big part of what you do. and certainly a big part of our consortium for equity here, quite obviously, Okay, when you go and see this immense diversity, okay, did they have that in the in the the books for children of other countries when publishers do that? Do they all feel the same way about it when we do? And what can you bring back from the things they do well in into the equity do? That might be a question for Beth. Is it a question for you, Beth? Right. Yeah, go ahead. Beth, would you rather take that or how do you want to? It doesn't matter. It's up to you guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I maybe think, I'll. I, I'm, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Randy. You start. I was just going to say, you know, Larry, we don't have a, a show together, a time together when we're talking that I don't tell you how much representation matters to Capstone. And I know how much it matters. Right. And, and the creators that, you know, build our contract, we want to have a diverse slate of authors and characters. And, you know, it's all about mirrors, windows, and doors for kids. We want them to be able to see themselves and their families and we want them to have opportunities to learn more about their friends and neighbors and the world around them. And I will tell you, and then I think I should have Beth um, expand on this point, but I do think it mattered in the different markets that we were in, but I don't know that in every market it mattered as much or it matters as much as it does to us. I mean, I think they were, you know, we were learning a lot about their eye for, you know, what, what books children will engage with in their market what um, they will interact with, but they also wanted children to have a perspective about the culture that was around them. And so, Beth, I don't know if you have something that you want to expand on to, like, what we saw there as far as, you know, in your meeting, do you believe our context were looking as much for representation and diversity? I mean, I know the U.S.-based firms that we're talking about streaming and, you know, doing different kinds of things with our content, it definitely mattered. All of it. I mean, every kind of diversity. But as far as in general, like with the publishers we met with in Turkey and Japan and other markets, what would Mm. you say, Beth? 
I think it depends on the publisher probably. I think every publisher has their own sensibility to some degree and every culture and region has their own sensibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's certainly people are not looking at our content and going, oh, there's too much diversity or too much representation. That's not happening. It's more, you know, people might say, um, well, that I know just working with our our um, our UK imprint, Raintree, Sometimes it's like, okay, well, that nationality isn't really represented in Britain, so we're, you know, it's not the perfect fit for us, but we're going to look for something different or whatever. But as I was shopping, so part of, so Randy was talking a lot about how, you know, we're trying, we're there selling capstone products, but we're also there shopping for products sure. um, that we can put into our market. And that I found really interesting because some of the, some of what I saw, depending on the publisher, obviously, some of what I saw just was not diverse enough or did not re- mm-hmm. represent enough of what we need in for American kids. Because mm-hmm. as you said before, in the U.S., there are just kids from every part of the world speaking every possible language with every mm-hmm. imaginable background. And we need our books to reflect that. And so, you know, when when a book or when a publisher has only books with white kids in them, it makes me a little less interested. I mean, obviously I'm looking for great books regardless of what right. the, the child, what the kids look like in the books. But um, I'm looking for a particular, a particular um, sort of, you know, I don't know, a lean toward some diversity yeah, because that exactly. historically has not been the case. Exactly. You need a new, uh, you need, a, I'm going to use the word nuance. That's not the right word. You need a relationship to diversity. In the stuff we're yeah. printing, it, 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 in, in, the, in that way. And Beth, I got to ask you a question. Which I don't, I, I don't know. You're VP of publishing at Capstone, okay? And literally everything that you guys create goes through you, okay? And your team, yeah. all right? And yeah. what's your background? Are, are you were you an educator? Just talk about Beth Brezinoff for a minute. That's a great oh, job. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we only have – we don't have an, an, a long enough time booked for that. I can yes, go, we do. Talk go ahead. Day, go through it. <laughs> well, I, through. Um, this was born I, in a log cabin. Where was that log cabin, Beth? I forget. Where was that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an education background, although my mom was an early childhood uh, – actually, she just retired two years ago. Wow. My mom has been an early childhood educator um, – my entire life and really instilled wow. in me a love for reading from a really young age. Um, and, and with my children, actually, not to start talking about my mom too much, but my That's kids okay. call her big books. You know how everybody has, everybody has funny names for their grandparents? Mine, my mom is big books because she would bring those big books that a classroom teacher reads and read them with my son when wow. he was a baby. And so he just started calling her big books. So anyway, so reading was always a really important part of my life. Um, And I started my career at Simon & Schuster in New York working on kind of pop culture-y books and missed Minnesota. I grew up in Minnesota and I missed it here and I got connected to, um, to Capstone and I've been here ever since. So I've really grown my career alongside Capstone and am very, like Capstone's one of my babies, you know, um, and the work that we do is so important to me. And I think into, you know, to the education community in general. Um, so it's just been a really great experience. Yeah. And you bring a lot to the, you bring a lot to the party, Beth, I got to tell you. And on that note, again, because everything goes through your team, you're in charge of the team. Okay. What do you actually, you know, I, I know diversity is important these days and equity is important these days. We know that, but well, what do you really 
what are you looking for in a book? Are you looking for a great entertaining story? Are you looking for historical significance? What, 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 how, how's it all come together in, in your mind as you put this stuff together? And again, you be the boss. It's all of the above, honestly. I mean, sometimes the sometimes the intention of a book is really just to be fun, just to get a kid to enjoy the process of reading a book, enjoy the process yeah. of looking at the page, reading the story, yeah. laughing at the jokes, you know. And that's totally legit. That's just as it legit is. to me as, you know, a really um, weighty historical uh, piece of, of, of um, literature or whatever, you know, it's just as important. So to me, my, my first thing is, is a kid going to enjoy the, are they going to get something out of it? Whether that's just laughing or wanting to read another book or wanting to learn more about the article that they just read, you know, whatever it is, I, that's, that's all I really care about. You know, it's, it, it, it's, um, what you just said is so important, and I, especially in light of the Oscars this week. You know, I, I talked to a couple of friends who had seen uh, Everything Everywhere all at once, which won all the awards, and they said, how, mm -hmm. if I may, these are some of my friends, how stupid it was. It was hard to follow, and it was just very overrated. Okay, but the, the point, okay, of, of a movie like that is that it's an important movie as it highlights Asian people, quite simply, and it's incredibly entertaining. As opposed yeah. to All Quiet on the Western Front, which I did see and I thought it was magnificent. Okay, but that's hard to sit through. And World War World War One is not easy to sit through. Okay, right. and you got to really be in the mood. There's a there's a place for everything in there. Okay, and I love what you said. Some things just can be plain entertaining and be incredibly important. Okay, they can yeah. be very important, but it doesn't have to be heavy. It can just be right. important in and of itself, all right? Right, and yeah. Your point was very – your point's well taken. It's hard to do. So and let me just – I just want to continue on this theme. So, you know, there's a million teachers out there who all think they can write a book, okay? Everybody in the world thinks they can write a book, okay? Talk to me, Beth. What do you guys look for? What do you really – what should people do? A lot What's of hot it these is, days? A, yeah. You know, a lot of it is just, um, you know, everybody thinks they can write a book. Yeah. And I think that's, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse to the industry because the reason everybody thinks that is because writing is really, a lot of writing is really accessible. And it's, you don't see the work that goes into it. You just read the words on the page and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, of course I could do that. What I think people miss um, is spending a lot of time actually focused on, the, on what's happening um, in terms of, why does the writing work? Why is this story funny? Why is this story moving? Like, what is it about this page that makes me feel the emotion that I'm feeling? And, and so a lot of the times when I'm getting work from, um, you know, people who are less experienced, sometimes, yeah, people just have like a natural talent, but that is really rare because it is, it is a skill just like anything else. You know, I know for a fact I couldn't be a teacher. Well, I mean, I sure I could if I went through training and, you know, built up the stamina that you need and all of that. Like, but it's a skill that you ha you have to build, and the, the same is true for writing. So I would just say, you know, people who are – I think people who are educators probably are more inclined to make a better writer because they have to be entertaining. You know, you know they have to bring concepts to the learner in a way that lets the learner engage with it. 
Um, but you still got to focus on like what what's true in publishing is this, the book has to be good. Yeah, the book has to be, and it can be entertaining and good, and it can be significant and yeah. good, and that kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's really. It, 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 it's a really interesting mix. And I think it was Randy. Randy, I want you to go back to something because you mentioned everybody knows Capstone publishes all the stuff. But uh, you also have uh, – you also – and Beth runs this too – is the Pebble Go. Okay? And you mm-hmm. mentioned that real quick, and I just want you to uh, talk about that. People can go to Pebble Go, just like it sounds, .com. But just go ahead and just talk about that since you brought it up. And scan more content sure. for kids. Sure, it's content for kids that's consumable for them, depending on their grade level. And it, you know, if you think of it as a hub of information for some of our youngest and earliest researchers at the K2 level, and you know, we put content together that is, you know, age appropriate, that is something that they can consume in just a few minutes and learn. And then, you know, there are lots of different areas of PebbleGo where kids can go and get extensions to the learning. So we have a K2, uh, Pebble Go, a hub of knowledge, a hub of, you know, opportunities for children to research. And then we also have a 3.5 version of Pebble Go that is older kids that, you know, provides consumable knowledge for them that, that is obviously more complex. And uh, these are non-fiction, uh, we call them articles for children uh, that just engage them and teach them about life, teach them about you know, the world around them, teach them about what they're interested in learning and what goes along with the content. So that's completely digital, you know, and lots of opportunities in the way that we develop it to provide equity and access for all children. And so, you know, when we think about, you know, just the types of even disabilities that children can have, we are very Mm. careful to be Section 508 compliant and WCAG compliant so that Students with, you know, certain types of disabilities, maybe there's a blind student or a student with low vision, and we make sure that they can use a screen reader and, nice. you know, and we're careful, like, if a child can't physically move a mouse, that they can still have equal access to Pebble Go and the learning hmm. opportunity. So I love this solution for children. It's in about a third of the schools in the U.S., um, Wow. And just something kids count on us every day to to use Pebble Go for learning. And educators count on us as well. And we love that. We're devoted to that. A third of all the schools in the US, that's a lot. Would you just said, you know, how much kids depend on you. That's a, that's that's something to, to, to go into work every day with a sense of pride, you know, and getting getting the job mm-hmm. done and doing it right. I mean, people are really depending on you to do it. And you know, I I, I, I kind of asked Pebble Go, I wanted to know about it, but as a leading thing, I want to go back to Beth. Beth, okay. you're in charge of content, okay, for Capstone. Okay. And Capstone mm-hmm. and content is the books, okay, literally the books, okay. I'll tell you a story in a minute on books these days, okay. And also it's it's uh, ed tech on screen, okay. And how how do you how do you do both? I mean, is there a big difference between the two as you look at it? I mean, Randy just described some of the things you have to take into example, you know, being able to use a screen reader and all that. But just content-wise, what do you see as the difference between, uh, you know, holding it in your hand and putting it on screen? Well, for us internally, there are some differences in how we approach 
creating content for Pebble Go versus creating it for a book. Um, Pebble Go is much more templated. You know, it's always X number of words at X reading level. And you have to be, you know, careful about how that's going to be displayed on the page and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And it's always nonfiction, whereas the content in our books is nonfiction and fiction, depending on the series or the book. But in terms of, you know, capturing that curiosity, I don't think that there's any difference. I mean, we have, we have oh, that's good. great like that. meetings where we talk through, like, what's missing in Pebble Go? What can we add to Pebble Go to really delight our customers and our users? Um, and one of the things that's really funny about working in, in children's content is that the people who work in it take it just as seriously as, as you know, people working on, you know, huge art books or, um, you know, 400-page long World War One. Uh, biographies or whatever. We have That's arguments about the color of a snowman's hat. Like there is, you should see the amount of just <clears throat> debate that goes into which word should we use in this Pebble Go article? Should it be this word or that word? I mean, it is intense. And so it's really, it's really kind of cool. The, um, just the level of, of seriousness that goes into it, but also like with a ton of fun. It's, you know, sometimes when you remove yeah, yourself, well, you go, oh, wait a second, we're having an argument about a snowman hat. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, It's really and, fun. So, yeah. And I would imagine you also have a question about the snowman's pipe because nobody – they used that used to be a standard, but now nobody smokes. Okay, yes, smoking's not absolutely. good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have, to, we have to think about that kind of thing. Yeah. All, I mean, a, a snowman's pipe is probably more acceptable, although you're right, nobody smokes. Yeah. But even the the level of violence, you know, if we're if we're doing a a graphic novel about um, you know amazing untold stories from World War II, how much violence can we show on the page? What wow. types of violence? You don't want to scare people. You want to be realistic, but you also you know don't want it to be gory or gratuitous. So yeah, there are you you have to think about all of those things all at the same time. It's pretty incredible. Wow, it is a lot to think about. And on that note, Beth, are most of the people who your, your team are most of them, you know, because you're 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 writing for kids and schools and educators. Are, are most of the and school libraries okay? Are are most of the um, are most of the people who work for you are they ex teachers? How do these people get the expertise they need to know what kids need inside a school? What do you look no, for? No, I, I, I think the majority are not ex-teachers. I think, like me, they're people who have always had a big interest in reading um, or in, you know, media in general and have built their careers around this specific small slice of the publishing industry, which is kids. Um, and so it's that, and not just kids, but for us, we focus on elementary age kids, which is a smaller section. And so it's really just that, you know, intense focus on this particular piece of, of um, readership and kind of knowing what they, knowing what that audience is looking for, immersing ourselves in, the, in trends, what kids are, what, you know, what, what's trending for, not just for kids, but for education. Like I remember right. a few years ago, we had a couple of people who went to a conference and it was just really clear that the way that social studies was being taught was going to be changing. And so we started to Mm -hmm. think differently about how are we telling these stories um, that are going to be used in, you know, to support social studies curriculum. And, and that's, those are the things that we're looking for. And one thing that's really interesting about it is that, you know, unlike, unlike in trade publishing where, you know, 
you're just selling into bookstores. I mean, our our books are sold in bookstores, but our main yeah. customer is in the school, as you know. Right. We have to think about two people when we're when we're making the books. We have to think about the end user, the kid, and of course, that's like a huge part of our focus. But we also have to think about the educator who's buying that book, whether it's an administrator or a librarian or a teacher or whoever that person is. They are not spending their money, or they might be. They might be, you know, reaching into their own pocket to put books on the shelves in their classroom. But they're doing it with this responsibility of, I have to provide something that I know is right for my community. It's right for my group of children. It's right. It, it brings forth the, um, the end result that I'm looking for. And that's not a small responsibility for us. You know, we, we don't want to let people down um, and have them spending either their own money or their school's budget money to put something in the classroom that doesn't stand the test of time. And so um, that's, it's just a huge focus. Right. I'm just going to ask you about that. What's the life cycle of a, of, 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 a, of a kid's book? And, you know, I'm thinking like Good Night Moon. It's been around for 4 billion years, you know? Yeah. It's really these, these the polar expression go right down all the list. Okay, some things are just universal. And is it true, Beth, that, that the CEO of Capstone, I don't know who that person is, has a demanded children's <laughs> book of Italian cooking? Is this true? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. The Italian gelato book? <laughs> Only if it comes with, uh, you know, some samples, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you guys might you guys must have had a place. I got to ask you, okay? Uh, I'm going to ask both of you this, okay? Uh, and I know, I know, actually, I don't have to ask Randy's is the big book of vomit, okay? But Beth, what's your favorite book, okay? That 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 for you know for kids, okay? What, what do you like? My favorite book okay. of all time for kids, or, no, or well, my favorite book? No, not book only that, but also the one you publish. Your your favorite, okay? You can do it for anybody well, you want. My favorite. My favorite book from Capstone is A Different Pond, which we published in oh. 2017 and won the um, the Caldecott Honor. Oh, and that, that it was just. Do you know that book at all? No, I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. Oh, it's say. absolutely wonderful. No, it's by it's by a poet named Balfi, who's a Minneapolis man, um, and he basically escaped. His family escaped Vietnam as Saigon mm. fell. And so the story is just a really simple story about a boy and his dad going fishing um, on one of the beautiful lakes that we have here in Minnesota. And on its surface, it's, you know, that's all it is. It's just a, a boy and his, and his dad fishing. But really what it's about is, you know, providing for a family, uh, surviving a horrible war, um, mm -hmm. and being an immigrant. And it's absolutely wonderful and I'm so proud that we published it and we published it in a way that um, got the attention of the Caldecott Committee and won an award. It's just, it's phenomenal. So that's my favorite Capstone book. Well, that, that was beautiful and thank you for that. It's called, a, 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 say it again, A Different Pond? What is it? A Different Pond, yep, by Balfi. Spell Balfi, so everybody knows. B-A-O-P-H-I. Okay, got it. Wow. That's incredible. That's, that sounds beautiful. I have to tell you. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So it's like the the gentleman Casey Kwan who won the uh, Oscar talking about his uh, coming over on a refugee boat. Yeah. Look where he, look where he yeah. It's the same. The American story. What about you, Randy? Besides the Italian cookbook, what's your favorite capstone? 
Oh my goodness. I'm, you know what? So I'm loving a Pebble Go article right now that teaches kids about <clears throat> exercise and the important, you know, because I think of the teaching and how hard it is to achieve balance in life. And I am loving that we are teaching kids that exercise can help them with coordination and with their brain power and their knowledge yeah. and, you know, doing what we can do. But, and, and this isn't going to seem very deep compared to Beth's answer here. But I also have a little niece. Uh, she's my, my nephew's daughter, actually, and she is getting ready to learn to potty train. And we have a book that is called Every Bunny Poops. And <laughs> I, love to, I love to put in my life right now for that little girl because it's teaching a lot. <laughs> so, and, and there are lots of others. It's just so hard to pick one. So. Well, you know, it goes back to what we were saying before. You know, the books are printed for different reasons, and, 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 and they're, they're all good. Not, not all books are good, but good books are good books no matter what. And everybody poops, okay, is as, is, 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 is as good, if I may, maybe not as touching, but certainly as right. good as necessary, okay, <laughs> as Beth's a different pond, okay? Books serve different purposes, and that's actually what you guys have to do every day as you're making all these choices, is decide what purposes you want to serve. This was great. I really enjoyed this conversation. Welcome back from Italy. Okay, it's great, Beth. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Beth. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. It was. It was great. I really enjoyed it, Randy. As always, thank you, too. You were great. Thank Welcome you. back. Awesome. Good to be back. I appreciate uh, it. That's great. And we'll do more. You Sounds guys, great. too. Okay? Thank, Thank you so you. much, both of you. Have a good day. Okay? Thank, Thank you. you, too. Bye. Okay. Wow. That's that's the amazing Beth Bresenoff and the equally amazing Randy Economo, both from Capstone. Learn more about Capstone. Good friends of mine at capstonepub.com. And you can also go to pebblego. Dot com and could make you even more mixed up. We're going to archive over at ace-ed.org. Okay, check it all out. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Free K12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks for listening. <laughs>